0: It is a Saturday morning on CCO, when we have our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Welcome. How are you, Danny? I am uh, staying inside for another day, I think.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Boy, oh boy. When we get cold, we get cold.
0: But it's going to be on the positive side today in That's the next few days.
1: Degrees. It's degrees. veritable heat wave. Nice.
0: I'll be seeing uh, people, people... Will
1: be running around the lakes and jogging. Shorts. They
0: will be in shorts. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today?
1: You know, I thought we'd start out the new year answering. I get so many emails and questions about wine and that. I thought it might be a good way to start the new year to answer some of those. Good. One question I got, uh, do all wines benefit from aging? Absolutely not. Most, the only There are very few wines, really, that age well. Fortified wines generally do. By fortified wines, we mean wines that brandy has been added to in the uh, or alcohol has been added to in the production of, like a sherry or a port or a Madeira. Those wines take age beautifully. Usually the real key to it is the expense of a wine. If a wine is fairly expensive, a red wine that is, generally it takes age fairly well. And wines don't last interminably. They all are living things and they're going to die someday. Uh, maybe some of them won't die for 100 years. Some will die in five years. Most wines that you buy in the store, say, for under $15, you don't want to age those at all. Uh, a couple, three years old is plenty old for those kind of wines. The only ones you want to age is if you bought a very expensive old Bordeaux or a great Cabernet Cal- from California or some wine like that that you'd want to lay it down and age it. You have to be very, very careful of wines that you're going to age, how long they're going to last, because it's unpredictable. White wines generally do not last much more than 15 years. Now, there are exceptions to all of these rules. Uh, Like I say, some Sauternes, which is a sweet wine from Bordeaux, will last 100 years and, and, and maybe longer. They're really wonderful. But So all wines do not benefit... From aging, and most wines should be drunk very quickly. As a matter of fact, some statistic on the matter of something like 96% of the wine made in the world is drunk the year it's made. So that gives you some idea. What about the wine glass shape? Well, there's another thing. It, it's fun to have a bunch of different shapes wine glasses but the really best wine glass shape is to have about a 12 ounce bowl that you fill with about four ounces of wine so it's only about a third filled and uh, that's good for almost everything and the idea is you know when you test a wine or evaluate a wine you look for uh, color uh, aroma bouquet taste and aftertaste well you see of those two of those five things Two of them have to do with the olfactory senses smelling, so you want a bowl where you can actually swirl the wine around a little bit and put your nose in there because that's part of the appreciation of the wine. Now obviously, you don't do that every time you take a sip of wine, and have your nose in it, but when you're evaluating wine that's what you do so a twelve ounce bowl is the most important thing with the wine, and always remember, never fill a wine glass more than a third full with wine because you want that wine to aerate and speaking of aeration do wines benefit from decanting yes all wines benefit from decanting if you want to pour a bottle of wine into a decanter that aeration just uh, uh, accelerates your appreciation of the wine and the wine's going to taste a little better after it's aerated so yes indeed you can decant any wines from a five dollar bottle to a hundred and fifty dollar bottle how long can I keep a bottle of wine that we've opened, had with dinner, and about half left? Well, if you put a cork in it and set it aside, it'll probably still be okay the next day. Uh, sometimes people like to put it uh, cork it up and put it in the refrigerator. That's not a bad idea either. But the idea is that as soon as wine is exposed to air, it begins to change a bit. And eventually, if it's left in the air long enough, it'll turn to vinegar. Because the word vinegar is vin agar, wine sour. Sour wine is what vinegar is. So you don't want vinegar. What I'd suggest is you invest in something called a vacuum vent. It's very inexpensive. It comes with a little bitty pump and about four uh, gaskets that go in the top of the wine bottle. And when you put that gasket in, then you pump the air out and let it sit. And generally, if you've used a vacuum vent, for storing a bottle of wine. That bottle of wine will last oh three to four days. Wine will not last very, very long uh, bottled up. The enemy of wine is there. That's why the vacuum bin is so good. It takes all the air out of the bottle. Uh, actually, you could reserve a bottle of wine. For example, if you drank half the bottle and you had a half bottle at home, fill up the half bottle, put the cork in so that the wine is almost up to the cork, lay it down. Yeah, You could go back six months, eight months later, and wine would probably still be good. But the idea is uh, you really storing wine uh, after it's been opened is a very uh, slippery slope. And like I say, generally it won't last, even with VacuVent, doesn't last much more than three or four days before deleterious effects begin to take hold. Uh, this was another interesting question I thought. I'm having chicken. Do I have to serve white wine with it? Absolutely not. Those guidelines, white wine with white meat and red wine with whatever, are what, just what I said, a guideline. If, For example, if you were having salmon, most people say, well, it's fish, we'll have white wine. The best wine in the world with salmon is Pinot Noir, and, and frankly, an Oregon Pinot Noir it would be pretty good with it salmon grilled on uh, the grill out outdoors. It's a wonderful combination. So it really depends more on the sauces you're going to use. If you're having roast chicken, a red wine, a Beaujolais or a light burgundy or uh, wine like that can be just wonderful with roast chicken. However, if you're going to have that chicken in a white cream sauce, you might want a buttery Chardonnay with it or perhaps even a, a nice Alsatian wine, which incidentally goes very, Alsatian wines go very, very well with any Pan-Asian cuisine. It seems to me there are a lot of wines to remember. What do I do about it? Well, if you're going to get into anything, you're going to have to learn a little bit about it. And with wine, you learn a little bit of geography. But, then, you know, that isn't so difficult. After all, we know about Um, Maine lobsters and Idaho potatoes and things like that. And that's what wine really is, too. Those names on the bottle mean the area the wine comes from. And so you have to learn a little bit about that kind of stuff. Just learn what you like. And then uh, my best advice to people is buy a little notebook, and every time you have a new wine, write something about it in the notebook. By the time you have about five or six pages filled up, You'll know plenty about wines. You'll know the wines you like, whether it's Sinfendel or Pinot Noir, or whether you like a Riesling or a Gewurztraminer, or maybe you like Sauvignon Blanc. You know, you could stick to the wines you like. You really don't have to be uh, walk around uh, be a compendium of knowledge on wine. Uh, in fact, that overdoes it. Just enjoy it if you like it. Drink it. That's the most important things. Uh, another one, question, give me. How much wine does it take to make a bottle? What does each wine's uh, vine produce? Well, that, that, again, is all over the board. Wine vines produce, depending on their age and where, what type of grape they are, etc. It takes 2.2, I'm sorry, it takes one kilo to make a bottle of wine. That's 2.2 pounds. So it takes two, uh, pounds to make a single bottle of wine. And like I say, it's all over the board. Some vineyards, they may get three bottles out of a single wine. Some vineyards, like Chateau-Yachem, which is a sauterne in Bordeaux, they get one glass, glass only, out of a bottle of wine, and that's a four-ounce glass because it takes so much of the grapes because they squeeze them when they're like raisins. So there's no fast, hard rule how many uh, bottles of wine you get out of a a particular grapevine. There's too many variables to even think about that. But uh, it generally, like I say, it takes a, a kilo of grapes to make a bottle of wine. What does the vintage on the label mean? Well, it's the vintage. The vintage simply means this is the year the wine was made. Uh, and uh, are wines blended? Yes, a lot of wines are blended. But generally, blending is is not a very common thing. If it says Cabernet Sauvignon on the bottle, the wine, by law, has to be over 75% Cabernet Sauvignon. And so when the varietal is on there, that is the majority of grape that's in that. That doesn't mean it's 100% Cabernet, but it means it, the most of the grapes that are in there are Cabernet. A lot of wines are blender's arts. For example, uh, the Rhone Valley, they blend Grenache and uh, the other grape types, Syrah, etc., uh, in the Rhone Valley to produce it. In Chateauneuf de Pop, in the old days, it took 13 different varieties of grapes to make Chateauneuf de Pop. Fortunately, people, the, the rules have been relaxed, and some Chateauneuf de Pops might even be 100% of one varietal. So that changes all the time, too. And the, the important thing, I think, to remember when you're Drinking wine and enjoying wine—it's just to enjoy it, you know. It, it isn't a, a study of uh, lo- lofty questions and, and lofty things. It, it's a simple pleasure in life. And like I say, it's always important to know a little bit about wines. Uh, but if you know a little bit, sometimes a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Just as I said. If you like it, drink it and enjoy it. And one last question, because I get so many on it, is what are sulfites? All wine is treated with sulfur dioxide. So there's sulfite and natural sulfites are in the process of making wine. So there's only sulfites in almost every type of wine there is. If you want to get rid of the sulfites, decant the wine. Have somebody who's not allergic to sulfites decant it, and decant it two or three times, and by the time you are done the sulfites, are all dissipated. But it's very, very difficult to find a wine that is 100% sulfite-free because sulfur is so common in the vineyards all over
0: the world. I know you get that question a lot. And there's some great information today, Jack. Not that it always isn't, but it's that's good. The Q&A was good. Well, I tell you what, if you have any other questions, I know any one of those folks at Haskell's will help you out, right?
1: Indeed, they love to talk about wine. They love to help you pair wine with different foods on a cold night like tonight. You want to hefty, hearty meal, and you want a hearty bottle of wine to go in and stop in and see the folks at Haskell's, not only will they help you pick the perfect wine to accompany whatever you're going to prepare, they're going to help you pick a wine that will not break the bank. So stop in. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Chanhassen. There's a Haskell's in downtown Excelsior, in Fairbowl right off of 35. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. Today, Saturday, and Sunday, you can park free in downtown Minneapolis for our store there. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to haskells.com or go to wcco.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website where there's poodles of information on all the stuff I talked about today, answering questions online, and also showing the wide array of wines that Haskell's has available. It's
0: always fun to visit. Well, Jack, let's talk again last, next week if you we have time.
1: You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. So
0: thank you, Jack. Jack Farrell from Haskell's back next Saturday here on A30WCCO.